0: Philippians chapter 4, right after Ephesians. Philippians chapter 4, look at verse 4 through 7. We use this a lot when we're praying for things. and He says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Which means shout, clap, shout for joy, sing to the Lord. Let your gentleness be evident to all. Are you gentle? Do people recognize that you're gentle? The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of what? God that transcends all understanding will guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. The supernatural peace of God. It can't be understood. It's something that can only come from God. And when you need it, you can tap into it. Because it comes from who? And who lives inside of you? Yeah, the Holy Spirit. God does. He seals us with the Holy Spirit. And it's a supernatural peace. Look what it says. It says, and the peace of God, which transcends all what? Understanding. We'll guard. That word guard means put a protection around your thinking and your heart. Your thinking and your heart. You ever been in a stressful situation and you feel like the anxiousness just gets to you? And at first it attacks your thoughts, and next thing you know it attacks your sleep. You go through a moment where you can't even sleep for a few days, you can't eat. And you need the peace of God to come in and do something. That's what he's talking about. James is speaking about being peacemakers, peaceable, heavenly wisdom. Remember in James chapter 1 again, he says, if you are lacking wisdom, ask God for wisdom. What wisdom? All this stuff that he's mentioning here. I need wisdom for this situation. God, give me wisdom. God's going to give it to you. Amen. I, I, need, I need help dealing with this person. God will give you the wisdom for it. There have been times I've prayed, God, I don't know how to handle this situation. Will you help me in this? And boom, he'll give me the answer. Sure. Let, me, let me give you one. When Stacy and I first got married, how many of us know about that honeymoon stage? And that honeymoon stage wears off real quick, doesn't it? Because you're two different individuals, and everybody says, Well, opposites attract. We're all opposites. <laughs> right? Because there's no other person like me. And I'm so glad there isn't, because I'd go nuts. <laughs> I would probably have to tell myself to shut up. But we had an argument, and I remember just praying Lord, speak to me and speak to Stacy. Give me wisdom on how to deal with this. I got home. Anybody have arguments, right? Have disagreements. And we came together. And we had both prayed that that day. And the answer came on the radio to me. And it came on the radio to her at the same time. That's how God works. You need peace within the church and within your family. God will give you wisdom. You're dealing with somebody that's just driving you nuts. God will give, them, give you wisdom. Now, that doesn't mean it always comes right away. You've got to work through it. But God will give you the answer that you need. Again, I want to read this again, Matthew 5, 9. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of what? God. You want people to recognize that you're a disciple of Christ? Be a peacemaker. Heavenly wisdom is also considerate and gentle. Look what it says here. <clears throat> Verse 17, go back with me to James chapter 3. But wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace loving. I love that word, peace loving. Considerate. The word consider, another word for considerate or is gentle, when I looked up the definition of it. The man who is epike, I, I can't say that word. Listen, I may read the Greek words and the Hebrew words, but I'm not good at saying them, so I just do the best I can, okay? Is the man who knows when it is actually wrong to apply the strict letter of the law. He knows how to forgive when strict justice gives him the perfect right to condemn. It is impossible to find an English word to translate this quality. Matthew Arnold called it sweet reasonableness. And it is the ability to extend to others the kindly consideration we would wish to receive ourselves. William Barclay in his his commentary. Did you see what uh, Barclay said? He says, sweet reasonableness. And it is the ability to extend to others the kindly consideration... We would wish to receive ourselves. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. I have to remind myself that even when I'm dealing with my kids a lot. How am I treating them? How am I reacting to them? Am I reacting or responding? There's a difference to reacting and responding. Reacting means, boom, right then. I don't think about it, I just react. Response is I take a moment, I think about it. How am I going to respond to this individual, when somebody says something mean to me, do I react and get mad? There's times I've reacted. There's times I, boy, I tell you what, when I drove up to Branson this last week in traffic, Stacy had to remind me of my own sermons. <laughs> and I, now you're a preacher, right? Does, your, does your, your wife probably reminds you of that? Doesn't she? Not to put you on the spot. <laughs> I don't I, do anything wrong. What do you think? <laughs> Okay, I'm going to have her stand up now. I'm just kidding. (laughs) I had to put him on the spot. You know, know, I'm sorry. But reasonableness, sweet reason. I like that word, sweet reasonableness. Again, I don't have this hammered out. I'm not perfect at it, but we're working on it. Right? That doesn't mean we have it all together. But we're working on these things. And God will help you in that. You need a little bit of patience, he'll give you the patience that you need. And I didn't have it this week. At least I'm honest. (laughs) I'm teasing you. (laughs) (laughs) He's going to be like, I can't believe that guy picked on me. (laughs) So heavenly wisdom is also submissive. Look what he says here. First of all, it's pure, then it's peace-loving. Consider, and then submissive. Now what is... Submissive means, submit to one another out of Christ, out of reverence for Christ, Ephesians 5.21. A lot of uh, a lot in the old days, the men would like to say, well, my wife has to submit to me. But the scripture before that says, submit one to another. Right. I'm not saying oh, that you don't have your positions within the body of Christ or within the home. But we don't lord it over our spouse, Right? We don't treat them like a doormat. In fact, the scripture before that says submit one to another. Within the church, do we submit to one another? Oh, no, they're not going to tell me what to do. They're not going to tell me how to do that. One of the hardest things in America is for us to take correction. Because in America, we like to put up, pull up our pants and put on our boots and nobody's going to tell me what to do. Right? Is that the American way? Yep. I'm free? Yep. The word submit here comes from the Greek word I Oh, I did it. I tried. Try, figure it out on your own there. So to arrange under, to subordinate, so to subject, to put into subjection. To subject oneself. Obey. To, to submit to one's control. To yield to one's admonition or advice. I like that. To subject oneself, you have to make a decision. Am I going to submit? So James is saying instead of being selfish and ambitious, submit to one another. Now that doesn't always mean you submit to the wrong thing. Let me be careful about that. Right? I'm going to bring up and hopefully it doesn't get us kicked off YouTube and Facebook, which I really don't care. Sorry, Gary. But during COVID, there were some things I felt that were pushed too far. Right? I'm not going to get into all the gists about it and all the fight because everybody's got a different opinion about it. But there came to a point where I was like, wait a minute, this is going a little too far. Right? As a church, we have a constitutional right. But we do want to protect people. So there's a balance there, right? Right. Again, I'm not going to get political. I'm not going to get into all this stuff. But I think that there are times when it comes to submitting to God first, then to man. If somebody's asking you to do something that's contrary to the word of God, who do you submit to? To God. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Perfect example. You will bow down and you will worship this image, right? No, we're not. We're not going to bow down and worship that an image because there's only one God we worship and bow down to. And that's Jehovah Jireh, right? So it means to subject oneself to, to obey. Um, I'm not always great at that sometimes. I'm, I've got one of those ape, I'm A, I'm a sanguine. If you don't know what personalities, everybody's got different opinions, but I'm a little happy-go-lucky guy, but I'm also a little bit of A personality. And there are times when my wife has a better idea than I do but because of my stubbornness, I'll fight a little bit with her until I realize, wait a minute here, she's correct. And that's learning to submit, right? In practical action, submitting to one another implies the following. All in line with the idea of being a team player. Pardon me. The Christian must not be thoughtless, but think of others. The Christian must not be individualistic, but must... Not be self-assertive. Self-assertion is the very antithesis of what the apostle is saying. The Christian must never be self-seeking. And that's what he's talking about there. Never do things for yourself. Everything that we do should be for the body of Christ. If you're, doing, if you're cleaning and fixing the church, it's for the body of Christ. That's why some, a lot of them were uncomfortable standing this morning. And I don't blame them. They don't want people to know what they're doing for the Lord. <clears throat> I stand up here not because I'm trying to please man, but I want to please God. him. Right. <clears throat> Everything we do should be to please the Father. Right. When we reach people for the kingdom, we should be excited about that. God gets the glory. Yeah. Remember the scripture I shared with you, He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He says, Everything on the earth is mine. Right. So who gets the glory? Who gave me the gift to Gab? God, God did. Who gave you the abilities that you have? God did. Romans eleven twenty nine. 29, for the gifts of God are irrevocable. The gifts and calling of God are irrevocable. That means when God gives you a gift, you got a gift. And he doesn't take it back. That's right. <clears throat> so it should never be self-seeking. And that's what was happening within the church that James is dealing with. People wanted what they want. And they were willing to cause problems to get it, even if that meant stabbing somebody in the back, saying something about somebody else, gossiping to somebody else, and creating a little. You remember what? Did you ever do that game in school where you sat around in a circle and and your teacher had you say something? It was to teach you not to gossip, and it went all by the time it got all the way around, the story was completely changed. Oh, yeah. Do you know that still happens in churches today? I'm sure. And then it causes problems. We must have a team attitude. We must be happy when someone else succeeds or does well. We must bear our own discomforts and trials with courage. Do we, are we happy when somebody else succeeds? You know, some ministers, and I don't know who they are, but some ministers, get, uh, they, get um, they get a little scared when another minister comes in that they're training and that person gets better than them. If you're a minister and you're mentoring somebody and they're better than you, then you're doing your job. That's right. Amen. You should take pride in that. Wow, they're better than I am. Hallelujah. Yeah. God's helped me to lift them up. If somebody's successful and God's doing... And that's hard sometimes. You know, it was hard for me when I was single for all those years. And I struggled with that. I had performed two weddings before... And these kids were five years younger than me. And then they were telling me, well, when you get married and have kids, like I was a little kid. And I used to get angry and mad, and I wasn't happy for them. And God had to remind me that he has a plan for all of us, and he has timing for everything. And we need to be happy when God blesses somebody else. Because if we're not, that tells you where our maturity is in the Lord. All right, going on. However, this does not mean that there is not rank among Christians. This is goosey. Paul told the believers in Corinth to submit to his what? Authority. Go with me to first, hold your spot here in James. Go with me. To, we're almost done here. First Corinthians chapter 5, verses 1 through 5. <clears throat> now, I'm not going to get into the whole gist up there. There was a, a sexual issue going on within the church in Corinth that Paul was dealing with. and It says in verse 1, It is actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you and of a kind that does not occur even among pagans. A man has his father's wife, and you are proud. Shouldn't you rather have been filled with grief and have put out your fellowship, the man who did this? Even though I am not physically present, I am with you in spirit, and I have already passed judgment on the one who did this just as if I were present. When you are assembled in the name of our Lord Jesus, and I am with you in spirit, and the power of the Lord Jesus is present, hand this man over to Satan so that he, the, the sinful nature may be destroyed and his spirit saved on the day of the Lord. So Paul gives direction to the believers there, and he's saying, and he's saying, submit to my authority in this. Deal with this issue. Just like at work. If you're at work, right? If you, if you're, how many of you guys still work? If you're retired, there's still somebody you submit to. I'm going to tell you right now, man, you may be the head, but your wife is the neck that turns the head. You ever heard that saying? <laughs> I'm teasing. But there's, there's always somebody that you're submitting to. And what Paul is saying, there, there is still authority. You get pulled over by a police officer. Is that authority? Absolutely. What happens if you run? <laughs> Lots of trouble. Again, I'm going to read David Goosey because I like some of his commentaries. David Goosey in his commentary explains this well when he says, "Well, Paul, you wrote that we should be submitting to one another. So we think you should So we think you sh- should submit to us here, is what he was saying about the Corinthians. Have confidence in your leaders and submit to their authority because they keep watch over you as those who must give an account. Do this so that their work will be a joy, not a burden, for that would be of no benefit to you. Again, this word is actually a military term, and it refers to soldiers submitting to those in authority. Let me ask you, how many of us submit to Jesus? You are submitting to your commanding officer. He's the commander of the Lord's army, is what the scripture says. The best way to describe this is that in the military you work as a team and not alone. We're a team, right? Right. We're all team. Hey, let let me tell you something. The Baptist church down the street, they're part of our team. They know Jesus. They love Jesus. They're part of the body of Christ. They're part of our team. The Church of Christ I saw down there. Mm -hmm. The Free Will Baptist, they're part of the team. If they're born again believers... Believe in the word of God. They're on the team. And I believe God's going to start bringing us closer together as time gets on and and persecution comes. You're going to see the body of Christ come together like you've never seen it come before. And we're not going to care. I've been in the airport one time. Let me tell you, one time we were in Stuttgart, uh, Arkansas. We stopped at a gas station. and I might have already shared this story, but you get to hear it again. And We stopped at gas and there there were some... uh, uh, black believers coming out of a van and i went up to him and i said hey how you doing and i said great and we start to i said you're a believer aren't you and he goes yeah and you are too aren't you there's no color right there's no there's heaven's going to be made up of tribes tongues and nations and we sat there and we had prayer time and we prayed for each other and blessed each other there's a kindred spirit we are a team we're part of the body of christ we're we're not alone in this and we all have different personalities. Some of us are quiet. Some of us are reserved. Some of us are go-getters. Some of us are that jumping dog that just won't stop, you know, and runs around. And Go back with me to James here. We're going to close. Look what he says, heavenly wisdom is full of mercy. We read that in Matthew, and I, I wanted to go a little bit farther in Matthew, but we're not going to get there tonight. So if you get a chance, read the Beatitudes. Full of mercy and good fruit. Impartial and sincere, giving mercy to others that we have received from the Lord. We've all received mercy. We all deserve hell. Yeah. We really do. Yeah. says we're born into sin. We deserve hell. But God doesn't give us what we deserve. Instead, he gave us a new name. And he put his spirit in us. And he forgave us and engrafted us in. Look at James 2.13. It says, because judgment without mercy will be shown to anyone who has not been merciful. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Something God's been working on me. Am I merciful to my kids when they act up? Now, some of you, your kids are raised. I'm sure some of you, even when your kids are older, they're still your kids. Do you show mercy to them? My mom still shows me mercy. My dad still shows me mercy. It's funny, 46 years old, and my mom still (laughs) wants to correct me on some things. Do I always take it right? No, but she shows mercy. God's our Heavenly Father, and He shows us mercy. Do we show mercy to others? Because look, because judgment without mercy will be shown to anyone who has not been merciful. Yeah. Do we judge first? Or do we show mercy? Do we give people what they deserve or do we give them what they don't deserve? Right. Heavenly wisdom is good fruit. Look at this, Galatians 5, 22 and 23. How many of us know this? But the fruit of the Spirit is what? The, 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 the Holy Spirit is love. Everybody say love. love. Joy. Peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. If you're born again tonight, you have all those seeds in you because the Holy Spirit's inside of you. You just need to cultivate it. Against such things there is no law. We have those things. We got to cultivate it, walk in it, practice it. It's good fruit. And then finally, he, heavenly wisdom is impartial and sincere. Impartial means not showing favoritism or finding faults with others. Do you find faults with others? Yeah. Are you affirming or do you tear down? Mm. I, I have to say that to myself. How many? Do you know it's easy for us to look at the negative. Right. We 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 as human beings gravitate towards the negative, but do we gravitate towards the positive? Do we see the positive in others, even when they drive us crazy? And they do things that make us mad. Yep. Do we focus on what they did or do we focus on who they can become? That's right. Amen. Sincere means not being a hypocrite. Now, we get that word from masquerading, right? Putting on a mask. A hypocrite is being something that you're not. So if you're a Christian and you're acting like the world, you're being a hypocrite because you're not acting like you're supposed to. Ooh, did you know when you do the Ten Commandments... When it says, don't take the Lord's name in vain, you carry his name. And so if you're living like a hypocrite or you're not living like Christ, you are taking his name in vain. And I read that on a commentary, so don't, I didn't, that wasn't for me. That was from somebody else. So we, we carry his name. So are we sincere? Are we impartial? Do we show favoritism towards others? How about our kids? Don't show favoritism towards your kids. Even if one is worldly right now and not serving the Lord, don't show favoritism. Jacob did that and what happened? It destroys lives. Finally, the second kind of wisdom, and we got to get through this. Look at this. This kind of wisdom comes from being focused on earthly things, acting out in animalistic desires, and comes from the devil himself. Verse 14. It's called hellish wisdom It's bitter envy and selfish ambition